What's up, Panther fans? Welcome to episode 100 of the Four Man Rush. Today we got myself, Will, we got Big Smooth, and we got Kev as well. Today we're going to break it down into three parts. We're going to look at the Carolina Panthers versus the New Orleans Saints. First, we'll take a look at the Panthers' defense against the Saints' offense, Saints' defense against the Panthers' offense, and then we'll take some questions from the fans. So let's get right into it. So with the Saints, I know, Smooth, you're a trench guy, but you're also a Florida State fan. So we'll start at the top. Saints got Jameis Winston starting their quarterback this year. Very good game. Last week, can't even lie, threw for only 150 yards but five touchdown passes. I think that's the first time ever a guy's thrown for five TDs and had less than 150 yards. Can you kind of tell us what you think about Jameis Winston? I mean, I think he's more dangerous than people give him credit for. Uh, everybody has jokes on the guy, but you keep joking on them all you want. He might come in here and torture us if we're not careful. Careful. So I have a lot of respect for him, not just being biased as a Florida State fan. I just think that in his time in Tampa Bay, he wasn't always put in the best circumstances. Um, that offensive line that you see blocking for Tom Brady, he had those guys when they were very young. So protection wasn't always great for him. Of course, he's had some issues with protecting the football, but that also could have been coaching. There's so much turnover with that organization as far as the coaching staff. He's never been able to really get comfortable. I think sitting behind a legend like Drew Brees and also being coached by Sean Payton, you're going to look at a much better Jameis Winston this year going forward. Um, you want to see some new looks on that offense. You know, Michael Thomas is out, but you got guys that we're familiar with, like Chris Hogan. He caught a touchdown pass last week. Um, I think the key thing for us is we have to win in the trenches, and that's going to be that's going to be a, a tough thing to do because they have a great interior offensive line. I know Eric McCoy is one of one of Kevin Kevin's favorite players in the league. He scouted him heavily, wanted him to come to the Panthers. That didn't work out. He paid attention to this offseason. Ryan Ramchuk got his check, so he's one of the premier right tackles in the NFL. Andrews Pete has always been solid. So, you know, we were we were pretty happy about what Burns and Brown did last week against a weak offensive line of the Jets. But this is going to be the real challenge. This is going to tell us what we really are as far as that up that front four we've got. You know, we if these guys don't dominate, it could be a long day for us. So I think the key to the game is, you know, is just getting after Winston, making him make mistakes, trying to get that old Winston back out of him. And the way you do that is put pressure on him. So I, um, I'm holding Brian Burns accountable this week, Derek Brown. I want to see more Marquise Haynes because every time he's on the field, he's dominant. I want to see us get after it. That's how we're going to beat this football team. You know, Kamara's Kamara. He's going to get his regardless, just like how Chris McCaffrey gets his regardless every week. I think the key to this game is putting pressure on Winston. Hey, look at – talk about pressure. You look at this tackle duo. You got Teron Armstead and Ryan Ramchek. Where would you rank that tackle duo league-wide? Those two pretty solid players right there. Top five. Top five? Top five. Top five. You kind of give our fans kind of a breakdown of what these guys bring to the table? You was asking Kev? Yeah. Yeah, but as far as what they bring to the table, I mean, you're looking at two very well sun, sun, uh, fundamentally sound uh, tackle tackles here. 
I mean, let's start off with uh, Ramshack. If I'm not mistaken, he came from Wisconsin, right? You remember um, Smooth? Believe so. Yeah. Okay, I thought so. Just, just remember, cause you know Wisconsin State putting out a um, quality offensive lineman. But you know, one thing I like about him is that you know there's no trade off. You know, whether it's run game or pass game, I mean, he's definitely a top five at his position. Uh, you can make an argument top three, really. You know, um, he's definitely just a guy that's. I mean, you you really going to have to outwork him because he's not going to beat himself too often. Now, has he been handled sometimes? Yeah, because everybody, you know, everybody has has matchups that uh, give some problems. But for the most part, I mean, you're really going to have to be consistently um, sound as far as how you're going to attack and counter his moves because he has a wide array, excuse me, a wide array of different you know, techniques that he used in order to, you know, seal off his block in the run game or to allow him to get the proper depth that he needs to um, counter any type of pass rush moves that you try to come to. So with Ramchek, I mean, like I said, you're talking about a top five guy as position. Armstead, I could say, I could say top 10 left tackle um, in the league. Uh, again, that's no slouch. That's not a knock at all. Um, again, as we just stated, as a duo, they're definitely a top five duo. Uh, one of the things about him is that in the run game, like he really does get a good push and comes out with good pad levels from the games. I've seen him particularly against us in the past. Uh, he's a player that, uh, you know, whenever he engages, uh, he does have some nasty with his game as well. I've seen. So. Again, our 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 defensive line, whether we're in the thirty front, which we saw a lot of in base week one, or whenever we uh, come out in the forty front in our nickel sub packages, uh, whoever's lining up on the uh, on these tackles, whether it's in inside or outside, uh, they definitely have to bring their A game. B game is is not going to get it this week as far as uh, going up against these tackles. I don't even like to break these guys down individually because if you just look at what stands out about their offensive line, it's continuity. I mean, those guys have been together, especially since Eric McCoy's been in the league. So you're looking at a, a well-oiled machine. They've been together for so long. You look at that entire unit, and that's why they're productive. I mean, we're still going to have opportunities. If you watched the game last week, Jameis was running for his life a little bit. So he had some. you got some opportunities to rush the passer. I don't want us to feel like this is a lose situation for us. I think we're just making it clear that we got to bring our A-plus game. We have to answer the bell because everybody's trying to crown this D-line as one of the best in the league. This is going to be the opportunity to show that because we, we're playing against one of the best units in the business. Now we look at the Saints, our previous games with the Saints. There's a few things I noticed we typically struggle with. One, that – the zone run scheme with Kamara, you know, linebackers are out of gaps. Kamara is able to find those cutbacks, kill us on in those areas. The screen games always killed us. They take advantage of our aggression, get Kamara in the open field. Guys are overrunning. Uh, and then also getting pressure on Drew Brees. The ball was out of his hands so quick, so we weren't able to generate pressure. What are some ways you think we can generate pressure against Jameis Winston to get him, get him uncomfortable and – force him into those turnovers that he's been accustomed to during his time at Tampa? I would say show different looks, bring heat from different areas. 
show things that we didn't show this week against the Jets. You know, you can't be vanilla. I think um, Phil Snow, in my opinion, he's the best coach on our staff. So I think he's dialing something up that's going to help us get pressure on Winston. But it's not just going to be vanilla, just rushing for uh, A-back, uh, A-gap blitzes and stuff like that. No, we're going to have to get a little bit exotic and try to confuse Jameis. We're going to have to be good in coverage. I mean, <laughs> some of these sacks got to come from coverage. So you got to you gotta hope that our secondary can win against their receiver room because they're their best receiver is out. So you got somebody that you drafted top 10. You got Dante Jackson got the seal on his chest. They got to cover. They got to cover back there for us to make some things happen. Kev, I know two of our two guys that played very well, I thought, in the first game was Derrick Brown and Daquan Jones. What do you think they need to do against this Saints interior line that had success this week? Well, to have success against the Saints, particularly in the run game, because I honestly think that's what we need to stop first is the Saints run game. Um, you know, I know we look in and see James Winston's stats. Yeah, five touchdowns, but still only 100 and I think it was like 48 yards. Now, yes, we know in pass he's capable of putting up three, 400-yard games. But, you know, with Sean Payton, you know, much as we may dislike him personally, he's an offensive mastermind, so I definitely – uh, can see him switching up and probably displaying a different aspect of Jameis's game. But for me, it, it always begins and stops with the stopping the run game. I know that sounds like an old school uh, philosophy, but that's still true to this day. Uh, what you want to do is, you know, you was talking about how to stop Jameis Winston. You make him one dimensional. And with the deep and with our defensive tackles, particularly if you guys are noticing 30 fronts, I know you mentioned Derek Brown and, uh, Daquan Jones, but let's also mention Morgan Fox as well. Now, the Jets, they definitely used a lot of base personnel, a lot of 12 um, and 21 packages, some 22. So we was in base uh, a good majority of the um, of the game, particularly in the first half. Uh, so it depends on, you know, how the Saints, who can do it either way, they can spread it out or they can just line it up and just try to run power at you. Uh, whoever, whatever type of defensive alignment front, uh, those three guys, in addition to the guys we got rotating, uh, definitely are going to have to establish the tone and the tempo. And what I mean by establishing the tone, first of all, we need to come off and, and win leverage with low pads. This offensive line for the Saints does not play. You know, if you get up with high pads, you blocked. Period. I mean, you know, when you look at the, uh, you know, you got probably Eric McCoy, who Smooth mentioned. Uh, that y'all mentioned earlier that I really had a crush on and wanted here with the Panthers. Uh, you're talking about someone that's very sound technically. So if we're in a 30 front, he's going to be matched up uh, with a Daquan Jones. Now, even though he is talented at McCoy, I do kind of favor the veteran because Daquan Jones definitely uh, put on a strong game this past week. Now, I know the stats didn't say that, but I was particularly paying attention to what he was doing. And what I saw was he is not getting moved up off his spot. Um, he actually gets pushed, and he actually maintains gap integrity. That's something that in the last few seasons playing against the Saints, that when we face their interior, there has been a lot more missed and hit. And here we and here we go. Got you know Kamara and last year you know Latavius Murray, you know just hitting us through the A and B gaps, you know just uh, and just putting us in um, second and short situations. Um, as far as Dare Brown and Morgan Fox go, if we're in that thirty front, um, I just look for them to. Main thing is maintain gap integrity. 
uh, don't be so quick to get up the field because the Saints do. I, I have seen them do um, some pull blocking here with, with that offensive line. And, you know, if you're unblocked, be on the lookout, put your head on a swivel because somebody's coming for you. So you definitely want to make sure that that uh, that our defensive line is is aware. And like I said, don't be be aggressive, but control that aggression. You know, recognize what down and distance that you're in and to make sure that, you know, make sure that you establish yourself that you're that you're going to reset the line of scrimmage, which is something that you definitely, definitely got to do. Um, as far as when it's time to, you know, pin our ears back uh, with Jameis Winston, he can scoot a little bit. Now, he does look to pass first, but I believe he had six carries for like almost 40 yards uh, this past game, I believe. So, hey, you know, don't don't think that he won't take off on you because he will. Matter of fact, I think his longest run uh, from this last week here, uh, take a quick look, uh, was for like for 15 yards. So, yeah, yeah, six carries for 37 yards and one of them was 15. So, uh, you know, you know, James Winston, a uh, scoot on you if you, if you don't stay in your lanes and um, play your play your uh, play your assignments and and uh, and maintain your uh, maintain your um, positioning. But yeah, we can force him to go one dimensional by stopping the run first. I definitely uh, I definitely like our chances. Um, I know that he's had a couple years off since being in Tampa, but uh, you know, all habits are hard to go by. Uh, I think he has grown, but again, if you force the issue. And force Jameis to be in a position where he's throwing it way more than handing it off. That definitely favors uh, the Panthers' defense, uh, particularly the secondary, who I feel like will have an advantage for once <laughs> heading into this game. Uh, smooth. We talk about the Saints' tackles, Ramchek and Armstead, but our edge rushers aren't too bad either. I mean, Brian Burns and Hassan Reddick both had great games. Both were able to generate sacks, cause a lot. I think we generated what thirty something pressures against. Sam Darnold, how do you like the matchup of our edge rushers against these Saints tackles? Um, I think when I've seen Ramchek take L's, it's been because of the speed rush. Um, I think Ryan Burns could pretty much go toe-to-toe -to -toe anybody in the league. It's just about how he applies himself. Uh, I'll be honest. If I could have said there was something that he could improve on that I noticed last week is I need him to rush under control. If you pay attention, Brian could have had about four sacks, but, but a lot of times he gets back there and then he's taking the wrong angle. He's so aggressive, he allows him to maneuver around. So I think he needs to rush under control. To be honest, so the thing I wanted to point out, because we were talking about stopping the run, I think I don't think anybody would disagree with me if I said this was the best of Shaq Thompson we've seen. When I go back to the game and look at, at it, he and Jermaine Carter were all over the field, and when I take a look at why they were all over the field, it's because I, I knew acquisitions. Jones was holding the guys up. Even when Nixon got in the game, he was holding up holding up uh, the guards, and Derek Brown did a good job. They just, the interior D did an outstanding job of keeping our linebackers clean. When you do that, look what you get. We've been waiting, what, five, six years to see this set? So I think that might be a key to the game, too. Keep those linebackers clean so Shaq and Jermaine can get Let's talk about our linebackers. I thought Shaq and Jermaine Carter had excellent games, arguably Shaq's best game of his career. I mean, we're talking, what, 10 tackles, an interception, great in coverage, very improved aspect of his game. But covering Alvin Kamara is uh, another story. I mean, Kamara is a guy, he's given us headaches. I mean, running the ball, the guy has great contact balance, great vision, 
know, he's explosive, good open end speed. You know, it's kind of like slippery. I think Luke Keekley mentioned how he just kind of, when you tackle him, he goes dead. You just kind of slide off of him. He's just able to break tackles and make plays like that all the time. He's versatile as a receiver out of the backfield, causes a lot of mismatch problems. So what do you think? How do you like Shaq Thompson, Jermaine Carter, and our linebacking core um, going up against Alvin Kamara this week? And what do you think they need to do to keep him contained? We'll start with you, Kev. Kevin, you're on mute. Oh, my bad. But yeah, but basically Alvin Kamara, Alvin Kamara, you know what I mean? You're basically looking at a um a version of Christian McCaffrey with with Mellon. I mean, you know, the versatility, the way that he's lined up, the way that, you know, he could be in a the slot, they could put him out far wide. Uh, you know, he motions out of the backfield. Um, he started out wide, motion into the backfield. Um, uh, if nothing else, seeing McCaffrey every day, you know, our defense should be uh, should be in position to understand what it's going to take um, to get at Alvin Kamara. But um, as far as neutralizing him, when we have had success slowing him down and there, there have been some games that even though we may have lost where he didn't exactly uh, uh, kill us, it was games that were, uh, again, our defense line was able to maintain the point of attack and not get out the get out the gaps. Cause one thing about Alvin Kamara, if you are out of place on your gap, he will cut that thing back and be off to the races. I've seen it I've seen it several times. And and that's either that's even when they're even doing a zone scheme or even when they're doing their power man blocking um schemes. I mean it's one thing that's why gap integrity is a must. But as far as our linebackers go, um match up against them I really think that the best thing to do is to just be physically aggressive with him at the line of scrimmage instead of giving him such a clean release. Um, even though he is accustomed to being out there more, um, I still would look at possibly, you know, being a little bit just more aggressive with him as, as when he lines up as a receiver. Uh, now, depending on how Phil Snow, if he wants to match match up with the linebacker on Kamara or if he feels confident with um, whoever we got playing, you know, at at the uh, at the nickel, you know. However, I think you're going to see a variety of looks. You can't let Kamara just get used to just one certain player, one certain look. You know, whenever he whenever he does line up. But um, but yeah, I, I just think that teams that have had success slowing him down were able to get physical with him early and often. You know, you get this guy a clean release, you're done. He's just way too talented to just um just to just you know not put hands on him. But, uh, you know, that's what I think that needs to be done. Um, but if everybody stays in their gaps in the run game, I think that it, it'll bode well for us. And main thing is game tackling him. One man is not going to take him down. I've seen so many broken tackles against us with Alvin Kamara that is it's depressing. I mean, it's just, it's just hard to watch. Like, I've seen where – I think it was a game, I don't know if it was last year, 2019, where we had him about at the three or four-yard line and then, like, I think I don't know if it was Shaq or somebody, and they like overshot him, and he just sidestepped him and just walked on in, like had him stopped on third down. You know, could have held him to a field goal. So um, that's that's what I feel like: gap integrity, get physical with him, and gain and gain tackle. Yeah, I remember in 2017, I think it was uh, Shaq Thompson. He got a lot of payback to do on Kamara. I remember on the two yard line, it was like fourth and goal. Kamara and Shaq met. Bam. 
Shaq ran him over. Kamara got in the end zone. You just can't have those kind of plays. I think with Kamara, pad level and wrap up, you know, just back, just sound fundamental tackling is important this week. Leverage, pad level, wrap up, know what you're seeing. You know, you can't over pursue. He's got good vision. But I think with the we added some athleticism with our linebackers this year. I think Carter has done a great job and since he began starting. I think it was week 15 or 16 last year. Uh, Frankie Louvu, I think he got uh, 16 defensive reps in the first game. So, I mean, you know, maybe he can be utilized as well to help contain him. We'll see how that goes. As far as the wide receivers go, you got Marquez Callaway and Traquan Smith, who, I mean, they're very capable. You know, Sean Payton, you got to remember about what Payton does. Just because they don't have Michael Thomas, one thing he's always done well is scheme guys open. So Marquez Callaway, I think, was a talented receiver coming out of Tennessee. You watch him against LSU. He gave Dante Jackson headaches, actually, that year. So I think with them, you just got to be real physical. I like our corner matchup. I think this is the best corner duo we're bringing into New Orleans since, you know, probably 2015, if I can recall. And I think with Michael Thomas out, I like our advantages with the wide receivers on their tight ends. Uh, Adam Troutman, I think he's that guy from Dayton, another guy who was on our draft. Target list, still a young guy developing. So I think there's a lot of youth at the wide receiver and tight end position that these guys don't scare me. I think if there's any time to stack the box, play our base defense and focus on containing the run, containing Alvin Kamara and making Jameis Winston drop back and beat us, this will be that week. So I like our chances overall. So just looking at it globally, what do you think the three keys to victory for the defense are this week? We'll start with you, Smooth. Um, <clears throat> just want to reiterate something. It's definitely a uh, gap integrity. Um, I think the most important thing Kev could have said was just game tackling. Everybody swarming to the football. And you did see that we did, we did a great job of doing that against the Jets. So we just got to make that habitual. You know, we got to keep game. just keep swarming to the football. That's the only way you stop it out like Kamara. Um, I was looking at the box score from yesterday. We're talking about their receivers, but I think one of their tight ends had two touchdowns. So Jameis has always shown that he loves to go to the tight end. I don't care what their names are. They can be threats for us, but I don't know. I have confidence in our LB core and our safety core because I think Chen as well as Shaq show the ability to be elite in coverage at times. So we just got to, you know, be disciplined. I think discipline is probably the biggest key going into the game and, and creating good habits. So. Good things that you saw from the defense last week. You just want to carry those same things into this week. And last, but this time definitely least, we'll talk about this guy, Taysom Hill. Primarily in the red zone, you know, when you down there, that's what they guy they like to bring in, do those design wildcat runs, use them as a tight end. You know, what do you think, what adjustments do we need to make in the red zone to make sure, you know, we can't get burned with one of these gimmicky plays with Taysom Hill down there? We'll talk. I'll let you answer that one, Kev. Um, what I've seen, particularly with us, and um, I've seen around the league whenever I've, you know, catch the Saints game, because, of course, anybody in our division, I like to see how other teams are, you know, what they're doing to match up. Uh, I've seen Taysom Hill, whether it's running or passing, really struggle when facing a blitz. So when he's in the game, um, I hope Phil Snow dials, you know, dials up a variety of different blitzes. Uh, you know, to come at him because, you know, whether he's used as a 
running back. They use him as a H back. Um, you know, just try to make him a, a jack of all trades type of guy. Uh, you know, I I've, I've seen the most success because a majority of times he tends to favor to when he get in there either be uh, getting the ball. Now sometimes they have used him as a distraction. You know, put him in motion and have you thinking it's something to him, and then you're so worried about him, then boop, you know, they go some you know wide receiver coming in behind your linebackers, and that's when you got a first down. So uh, I would think that we just would. We just need to uh, be aggressive whenever Taysom Hill is in the game. Um, blitz, but not blitz all the time because, like I say, Sean Payton is master of adjusting. He'll see that, oh, shit, oh, oh, they blitz every time Taysom in? All right, bet, watch this. And then next thing you know, we're making some unknown or a little used player to that's that can start killing and gashing us here. And then, then we back off of that. And then next thing you know, we're letting Taysom Hill in. But I think if we hit him hard early and often, um, I think that's something to, uh, you know, to look at here. I mean, this past week, he only had two carries for one yard. Um, and um, I don't see him having any uh, any type of reception. So he wasn't really used this week. So, again, um, seeing a strong defense performance that we had, uh, it, wouldn't, it wouldn't put it past me if uh, Sean Payton wouldn't try to have some sort of package or some sort of thing where Taysom Hill may get about, you know, three to five reps in a variety of ways against us. But um, I have seen that if you stop him early and hit him hard a couple of times, he, you know, he'll calm, he'll calm all that down and, 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 and um, you know, you can pretty much, uh, you know, reduce his threat level to, to very low. Okay. Let's uh, shift gears here and take a look at this uh, New Orleans Saints defense. I think, Historically, we always thought of the Saints as an explosive offense with Breeze, Michael Thomas, Sean Payton being the offensive mind he is, putting up points. Kind of changed their identity over the last couple of years. They've been a tough defensive team, balanced offense led by that running attack with Kamara. We'll start in the trenches. We'll look at their defensive line. We'll start with their edge rushers. How do you like the matchup of Cam Jordan? I think Marcus Davenport is questionable this week. We'll probably know more about his status tomorrow. We'll start with Cam Jordan. I and mean, Taylor Moten and Cam Jordan have been going at it since 2017. What are you some things that you've seen from that matchup, good and bad, when Taylor Moten's going up against Cam Jordan? We'll let Smooth handle that first, then we'll let Kev answer. I was going to put his strings. He has to remain consistent. I do like the matchup. I think it'll be pretty, pretty even. Um, Jordan likes to use his power, you know, to create pass rush opportunities. And he's very technical. He has a, 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 a crazy repertoire of different moves he can use over his push pull, pull rush, cutting red. He just has violent hands. So I think um for the years, Terry Moten has gotten a little bit he's got a little bit better at disguising some of the things he wants to do. We talk about that all the time. There's just a variety of different hands tracks and things like that. Just like it's a game. For the, for the edge rusher to try to get an advantage, you can see Taylor plays chess as well. So he's going to bring a big game. I don't, I don't mind that at all. I just think I need him to be, be completely consistent because he will give up. He will look better. He wants to know why we can't have that this week. On um, the Davenport does play, same thing on the other, on the other side. Um, I saw Cam get exposed for one play last week. Just like, I can't completely over there. For the most part, he was pretty 
my question about about the uh, about the defense, I think we just have to create good habits and things that we did well. They have to carry on from the week basis. I want to see and yeah, we're going to build upon this performance from that. That was a fun one. But um, you're asking me to be honest and not buy. It's really advantage does go to the edge rushes over our tackle rating. Not just because of the situation. No. We don't have the weak talent at the left tackle. Um, but we're pretty solid. Got paid for it. So. What's happening? All right, Kev, we'll let you uh, next. What do you think about the um, – what have you seen from Taylor Moten going up against Cam Jordan since he came into the league in 2017, the ups and downs? I know you did a breakdown on Twitter last year. You got to tell everybody what you were able to see. Yeah, when I did my breakdown um, with uh, Taylor Moten against Cam Jordan last year, I feel out that I feel like that uh, Taylor Moten finally, quote, got it. Um, I think that he pretty much – was able to neutralize a lot of the disruption that we're used to having uh, with Cam Jordan, you know, particularly when, you know, he, quote, used to go up against Speed Bump McGee, a.k.a. Um, Matt Khalil, <laughs> you know. But uh, I just think that since then and since Taylor's has grown into his role, uh, particularly at right tackle when he's tried him, um, he's pretty much, for the most part, has minimized the damage that Cam Jordan um, that Cam Jordan does. And one of the things that I think that he does well with Cam Jordan is, is that he's able to keep active hands and keep good, uh, keep his pads low so that he can be able to handle the variety of moves that Cam Jordan does. You know, one of the things that Cam Jordan really likes to do is do a good bull rush and then to try to do either a, sp um, a spin move out of it or the, uh, the uh, pull and push a method where he uh, pull you to and then push your way to uh, get at the quarterback. And I think that's one of the things that uh, that Taylor Moten has done well um, in order to help neutralize the effectiveness of a Cam Jordan. Um, another thing that I've seen that does good to neutralize a Cam Jordan is by running the ball at him. I mean, yeah, don't get me wrong. He's a very, he's a solid run defender, but you know, like, like, like the old folks say, even a mule gets tired. I've seen that when you consistently run at, um, when you consistently run at a Cam Jordan, uh, that he uh, he get his technique tends to get sloppy, and you can actually, um, as they say, unass him and move him out the way. So I definitely think that that's something that we can take advantage and look at here is to, you know, don't be shy away from, you know, going after guys like this. You know, don't get me wrong, the reputation is well earned. I mean, you think about the score last year in New Orleans. I mean, it was a 27-24 game, you know. And when you go back and, you know, look at the uh, box score here of a Cam Jordan, um, I'm just looking back here. He only had two tackles, and that's it. No sacks, no tackles for loss, uh, no quarterback hits, none of that. So what's that telling me? Um, you know, a, a tackle combination of – Taylor Moulton, and I believe uh, who was I tackling this game? I can't remember. Well, I don't even know if it was um, damn, I forgot dude's name already. But anyway, whoever we had at the uh, at the left tackle that game, um, you know, we pretty much rendered uh, Cam Jordan ineffective, you know, for that particular game, you know. So 
it's, it's not that Cam Jordan can't be handled, but you just got to be consistent in what you do um, with him. So um, that's that's what I feel like is the best way to uh, come out of Cam Jordan from a Taylor Moen perspective is to run at him and to definitely chip block sometimes from time to time. But for the most part, Taylor can handle him on his own. One name we don't see on that D-line is Sheldon Rankins. They got two guys, new guys, new starters there, Malcolm Roach and Christian Ringo. You think this is a get-right week for our guards, uh, Pat Elfline and either John Miller or Dennis Daly smooth? <laughs> um, no, not at all. I don't have any any confidence in that interior. I don't know about no get back. I just think they're absolutely trash, so. Um, hopefully Joe Brady, because this is what he asked for, you know. <laughs> hopefully he can scheme around it, you know. Like, hopefully do a lot of outside stuff, but I don't <laughs> I don't see us winning too much with with that with that name. If you look at the comments, guys are trying to sign a petition to get hell from out of here. So no. I don't I don't see this as a get back game or a get right game for them. Um my confidence is totally in um Cam Irvin and, and Taylor Moten. I've seen a lot of growth from Cam Irvin. You guys know I've been real hard on him, so I might be eating some crow because he's getting better every week. But as far as that interior group goes, Dennis Daly looked absolutely trash last week, um, and so did Elfland. They're, they're definitely the, the weakest links on this unit. Um, you just got to hope that all five guys collectively can, can get better together. But individually, no, I'm not so going. I'm not so going to win any battles with. with now, to me, I mean, you all might have your own opinion, but to me, the strength of this Saints defense is the linebacker core. Demario Davis, one of the better middle linebackers in the league. You got Quan Alexander, who was fantastic in Tampa Bay. They were able to pick him up. So how do you like our matchup against these linebackers? I know Christian McCaffrey, he struggled against the Saints. You see his stats in the bottom line. We just haven't been able to run the ball effectively against him. He's only averaging 30 yards rushing in six games, 3.2 yards per carry. Let's first start. I mean, he's a versatile player, so we'll cover both aspects of McCaffrey's game. What do you think we got to do to get the running game going with CMC against the Saints finally, Kev? Well, for me to get CMC going, I mean, with this offensive line, you know, when, when we got below average guards and you playing a, a, a team that uses primarily a 40 front like the Saints do, um, you know, again, their interior defensive tackles, uh, you know, if, if you can't control them, you know, there's and there's no way to get to those linebackers that you mentioned. You know, a lot of times you want to have where you like double team the defensive tackles and slide on off to the next level and get the linebackers. But, you know, when you're looking at, <laughs> you know, Pat Fu, uh, Matt Paradis. John Miller, or if if he comes back, or or Dennis Daly, depending on you know how the uh, John Miller comes off this COVID situation, um, it's gonna be tough sledding. I, the best thing I can think of to get Christian McCaffrey going is to uh, take advantage and try to establish our passing attack to kind of loosen up that uh, loosen up that uh, loosen up the Saints uh, front against us. And to uh, take advantage there, uh, but to simply try to line up and play smash them off with the Saints, uh, we're not built like that. It'll be interesting to see with the play now uh, of F line if 
you know, I know say he may have gotten hurt. I know we'll get the injury report. Uh, but I'd be curious to see if Deontay Brown, who was a healthy scratch, if he gets activated this week. You know, this would be a game to really let him, uh, you know, get his licks, get his experience, and to and to really have opportunity to set the tone. Uh, because what he does best would actually help take advantage of where you could possibly attack the Saints to get this running game going for a Christian McCaffrey. Uh, but again, you know, we're not at the bubble, so we don't see who's earning these reps at interior offensive line. Uh, and again, this may shock y'all because you know how we've been on him. You know, with his quickness and agility, I wouldn't mind seeing Brady Christensen at guard you know, coming into a game like this, because with his elite get off and with him taking the good angles that he's doing, um, you know, you was talking about getting to these linebackers. This would be a game where I think Brady Christensen at guard would really, really put us at an advantage to kind of neutralize these linebackers, particularly in the run game, because he has the type of athletic ability to uh, be able to match. Well, let me say, I don't want to say match, but to compete hard against the Saints linebackers in the run game. So, um, you know, we'll we, we just have to see how the reps come out. We know Matt Rule can be stubborn with football politics, with, you know, liking his guys and wanting his guys there. Now, if we got a healthy John Miller, um, Smooth, you know, you can follow up and let me know. I think a healthy John Miller, I've I seen, I seen yeah. him dominate, and, and, I, and I see him get dominated. So it just it's just a matter of which John Miller comes to show up. You know, now the dominating John Miller shows just, up. Just, yeah, go ahead. It just speaks to how desperate we are. You know, just to, we we on for John Miller back at this point. You know, when he's been pretty below average the whole time we've had him. So I'm, I'm kind of right. with you. I just didn't want to speak on it because we're speaking so much hypotheticals. Like you do want to see Deontay Brown and Brady Christensen at this point. Like I I think it didn't take long for people to get tired of number sixty. You know, just number sixty is absolutely trash. So. Um, just to also add to the point how we can get McCaffrey going, I think it's also just to keep him fresh. Um, you drafted Chuba Hubbard, you know, put him in the game and let him get some carries. Um, show the Saints different looks. You know, they've done a good job on McCaffrey. They need to see something different here and there. So I think having Chuba in there, changing the pace up might help McCaffrey out a bit. Um, and also just using what Joe Brady does best, you know, quick stuff. Open spread the defense out, get some quick passes going. I mean, I'm I'm looking at that DB room, and I'm seeing Desmond Trufant over there. I would love to see Desmond Trufant matched up on DJ Moore this week. You know what I'm saying? So we got some opportunities. We definitely some opportunities, but we shouldn't. The focal point can't be this interior offensive line. We can't just stay pessimistic. We just we know what it is. It's not going to happen out that position. So you know, you paid Taylor Moten a lot of money. Let's run off for him. Um, I did like the way. Elfling combo blocks with uh Cam George. I mean Cam Irvin to get to the second level. That might be something we can look at running some 45 power or something like that here and there. But nah, we 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 we're gonna win this game in the air, <laughs> in my opinion. That's just my that's just running running to that one and two hole. Nah, not not with these guards. I'm sorry. And one thing uh Saints D tackles, they're not big names, but what you typically find is guys that aren't, you know, big. You know, rushers, they, they do their job. And one thing they do very well is keep Demario Davis clean. And I think that's why you saw a big leap in his performance from a couple years ago to last year. I mean, I think he was 
I think I was he a first team all pro player. Correct me if I'm wrong. Mike linebacker. I think a big part of his improvement as a linebacker was his defensive tackles ability to keep him clean. So if we're not able to combo block with um, F line, Irving, Paradis, uh, Moten and uh, Miller, I guess all of them kind of combo blocking away. It's going to be really hard to run the ball because I mean, Demario Davis filled the gaps. He's very plays very fast, reads fast. Has been a big reason why we haven't been able to run the ball effectively against this team. Now, where I do think we have an advantage is coverage because that's I mean, he's improved in coverage. The Saints play a lot of zone, but no his linebacker can match up with Christian McCaffrey in coverage. So I think when you look at McCaffrey's success catching the ball against New Orleans, I know fans probably don't want to hear it, but that's my but we we got to do you know get the screen game going, get the the checkdowns, the Texas routes. Get them matched up, get them in space. And that might be the way we get them involved in the game as opposed to trying to run between the tackles with these linebackers the Saints have. So let's move to the uh, secondary now. I know, Kev, you're a trench guy, but one of your biggest draft crushes over the last few years was Chauncey Gardner Johnson, the nickel uh, safe. John Safe, this is a strong safe, he's more of a nickel type player. You have to tell the fans what made you such a big fan of Chauncey Gardner Johnson. Yeah, I will. But why, you, you brought up a point here, Will, if you don't mind me jump back on your last point here. And I, I kind of want you to kind of elaborate on it because I know it's something we've talked about in the chat. Um, obviously, when we go with two bats in the backfield with this fullback look, it's obviously not getting us results. So I was thinking how you feel about a McCaffrey, Chuba Hubbard, more featured in the backfield with either one of them having a versatility to motion out as a receiver and and things like that. You know, give, like I say, give them something else to think about. Um, you know, to create opportunities. Like, do you think that's something, uh, you know, you've been a you know a person that was a back yourself. Like, do you think that's something we could possibly uh, look at that could be a, a possible advantage for us? Yeah, that's something Josh McDaniels likes to do with the New England Patriots is create matchups through personnel packaging. So you come in with two backs. How are the Saints going to defend that? They're going to bring in an extra linebacker to match up with the two running backs. So now instead of having, you know, 11 – 10 personnel with a nickel corner in there covering McCaffrey in the slot. You're going to be going against the Saints base defense and having three linebackers. So by having a two backs back there, Chuba Hubbard and Christian McCaffrey, now you come in, you show that two back look, get them in their base defense, motion McCaffrey out. Now you got a nice little mismatch against one of these linebackers who can't cover them in space. So I definitely think that's something you can possibly attack and, you know, use those personnel event personnel mismatches to your advantage. I think that's what um, New England does. If you watch their games with uh, Josh McDaniels, manipulating personnel packages to create mismatches is something. I think he's one of the best offensive coordinators in terms of doing that. Okay. Yeah, but uh, but yeah, as far as you talking about um, uh, Chauncey Gardner Johnson, um, you know, again, another player. Uh, you know, this this is the player we passed up for for Will Fucking Greer. Like seriously, like I, I think we was all I think we was all in a in a Zoom watching the draft when that and y'all know I lost my fucking mind. Like, like did we just draft Will Grill with? I mean, I was just hollering out his name like he's right there. You know what I'm saying? But uh, you got somebody that's turning into one of the uh, in a short period of time one of the better players uh, in the league at his position. Um, definitely position flex flexibility. Uh, Showed an ability to play both safety spots. Uh, also matches up um, in, in nickel packages as well. 
Um, he just someone that just has been solid fundamentally, and he plays hard. Now he does make some bonehead moves. Like I remember, I think it was uh, a game last year um, where he uh, got like a face mask or something. But you know, he'll he'll have a few hiccups here and there. But uh, for the most part, he's someone that that can match up with well with tight ends and running backs. Uh, he's shown the ability to, you know, be able to run with a majority of receivers. I wouldn't say all, but, you know, he's definitely a player that, you know, on any down on your defense, he's able to um, he's able to be a, uh, someone that can contribute. Uh, one of the things that I like about him is uh, he's a player that that just seems to always put himself in a position to be there to make the play. Rarely is he out of position. And that's just something that even though he's on a division rival, you know, when I have going back and watch the film, you know, checking out what what t- what went right, what didn't went right. You know, I can always see him, you know, popping up on the screen, you know, around the ball. So uh, he's just a player that that's definitely needs to be paid attention to because he can make you pay. Um, and he's also good up against the run. He blitzes um, from the slot as well. Um, so he's definitely a player that can just, uh, you know, a jack of all, uh, jack of all trade players. So. I think that he's someone that we definitely got a game plan against. Um, I, personally, I like to see him, you know, get matched up on someone like a Robbie Anderson. Um, you know, somebody with some size. I mean, this would be a good time to get a bounce back game out of our tight ends um, as well. So uh, I think, like you said, we're creating, you know, different personnel matchups and uh, and groupings. I think that we can really um, find some holes to take advantage of. Uh, this coming week. Definitely want to look at this as a get-right game for Dan Arnold, right? Yeah, two catches for six yards ain't going to do it. That's not going to do it. Now, yeah, but he came from the Saints, remember? Saints let him go. I thought we got him from the Cardinals. He's originally from the Saints. He got ah. to the Saints undrafted. This is where he spent most of his time. So I think this is like a, just like how this was last week for Sam for Sam Darnold. This week supposed to be special for Dan Arnold. So we'll see if that that you know plays a factor into this game. Now looking at this um back to the um looking at this secondary. I see another name in there. Smooth, you're pretty familiar with. You know exactly who I'm talking about. <laughs> you want to tell these people about Malcolm Jenkins? I'm not a fan of his, even though, you know, it's not it's not football related. We played against each other in high school a couple of times, and I just think that when it came to that that Colin Kaepernick situation, the players coalition, he kind of sold some guys out. But that's neither yeah. here nor there. At the end of the day, he's a solid veteran. You know, he's the he's definitely leader that in that secondary. Definitely crafty, will make plays. So um you gotta kind of I kinda like attacking him to be honest with you. If you run at him, get people after him, you know, you can get him up out the way. He is getting a little bit older, a little bit longer in the tooth. So I think he's going to be kind of like how Roman Harper used to be for us. Just not very athletic, but still smart, communicates well, et cetera. But overall, I'm not a fan of him. I hope we do make him look bad, to be honest with you. But uh, you were saying earlier, Lattimore might be out. Doubtful. That's an advantage for us. So I'll be out. I think this is a this is a game where our receivers can definitely win. You know, we can definitely win throwing the ball. You know, like I said, that with the interior guards, I don't expect us to be just 
running the ball between the tackles all day. We got to air out a little bit. Hey, Will, and I want to ask you real quick. I was looking at the guy behind Lattimore, uh, Paulson Adebo. Ain't he the rookie out of Stanford? Yep. I think that was someone that I kind of was looking at here, and y'all guys was kind of like, he good, but uh, he got some issues. Like, like uh, I can't think off the top of the head, but um, what from what you remember about, you know, because, you know, we looked at so many people when we was doing our Foreman Rush draft profiles. Like, if you can think of anything, um, uh, what, what what can you remember about? Because it was something about his game that I liked, but you guys like, yeah, you got to look a little bit deeper than that, Kev. So, you know, I was trying to go to DBU with you guys this offseason. I think with a lot of these guys, they just lack ball skills. You know, they the coverage part down, and but when it comes, the ball's in the air. It, it just don't locate the football and just allow receivers to make plays on the ball. That way, quarterback throwing the ball, you know, with their head turned. So, I mean, if he ends up starting, I, I'd be happy. You know, you saw that back shoulder throw with um, Sam Darnold to DJ on the sideline. DJ made that beautiful catch, was able to tiptoe, get both feet down. You know, with cornerbacks that aren't able to locate the football, I'd be running that all day. I think, um, especially with uh, Marshawn Lattimore, he just signed a big contract, I think, the other day, one of the highest-paid corners in the league now. But he also had finger surgery, so he's doubtful that he's even going to play this Sunday. I mean, DJ's had his success against Lattimore one-on-one, but without Lattimore, I mean, look at what you're looking at at the corner position. You got Ken Crawley, you got... Paulson Adebo, you got PJ, you got um, Desmond Trufant, who we've torched with DJ in the past. So, I mean, it's going to be, I mean, we talked about the Jets corners last week. We were able to take advantage of them pretty well in the first game. I think we have another solid advantage against the Saints corners, minus Marshawn Lattimore this week. So don't be surprised to see Darnold and our wide receivers have big games as opposed to Christian McCaffrey. Maybe this is the week Christian McCaffrey won't get 30 touches, but maybe you know, 15, 18 touches, and we see DJ Moore, Robbie, and Terrace Marshall have big games. I think that's a, probably the weakest link without Marshawn Lattimore, the Saints defense is probably that cornerback room from what I can tell. What do yeah, you think about I, that? Yeah, because when I think about it, you know, if I'm not mistaken, wasn't uh, the reason why we took Terrence Marshall was because we found out that the Saints wanted him, and that's why, <laughs> and that's why we snatched him up. You know, that, that was one of the rumors I had heard. So. Uh, you know, I like to see him get a good bounce back game. I think he had a couple of drops Sunday. Uh, I know he was targeted six times. I think he ended up with like three catches for uh, 26 yards. Uh, I'm going to charge that the first game jitters uh, for him because, you know, during the preseason, I mean, he wasn't dropping anything. So uh, I'm I, I'm just going to personally look at it as, okay, you know, he got it out of the way. Another, another game at home, I think he'd be more comfortable with the atmosphere. Uh, because when I look at this secondary, I mean, who who they got that's going to match up with him? You know, like, would this be something where we forced them to put, you know, uh, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson on someone like, you know, Terrence Marshall in the slot? Uh, you know, um, and then, and then you know, if you do that, then that's going to make their, uh, you know, safety position week where we can, you know, attack with a Robbie Anderson going down the scene like, you know, this past week or, or, or again, like, I, I just think this is a good game for our tight ends to get off. So, you know, we was talking about earlier how to get McCaffrey off. I think that if we have early success with the pass to loosen up that front, I think that um, I think that'll serve well to, uh, you know, allow that allow that running game to be that that gut punch, the, the body blows that that eventually uh, wear it out. But the uh, but yeah, I definitely think that's a, a area that we can um, 
exposed because I, I I don't see nobody that I personally see on here that can match up with the with the Terrence Marshall myself. And as solid as Chauncey Gardner Johnson is, that's a big size um, matchup with a uh, Terrence Marshall. Marshall six four. I mean, what's Johnson? So see, what's Chauncey like five ten? Five eleven on a good day. <laughs> yeah, Terrence Marshall in the slot six four against a five ten nickel. I mean, that might be. I mean, talk about red zone struggles. I mean, that's what we got to be targeting when we get down there. I mean, we're just looking at paper. You know, on paper, we should have the advantage there. But I'm looking at last week, Devontae Adams only had five five catches for 56 yards. So they, they got some type of scheme going on. You know, they dominated what people look at as the best quarterback in the league. So they did something. We got to expect whatever, you know, from that secondary. Even though the names aren't big anymore or popular, schematically they're doing something to be successful. So this is going to come down to coaching for me. You know, how are our coaches preparing for this week? Um, I'm holding them accountable for last week. It was an ugly win. I need a, I need a better performance, not from our players, but from our coaching staff. You know, I, I just need to see them do things better. We got to, you know, they're a new group too. We got to see growth from our coaching staff. That's what I'm looking at. What is Joe Brady looking at? He's very familiar with this team, so he should know or he should have something on the – he should have something planned for us to have success. You know, he's familiar with this unit. Yeah, as much credit as Sean Payton gets for being an offensive mastermind, I think the best job on their staff was their defensive coordinator, Dennis Allen. Think about the turnaround for the Saints defense from, what, 2013 to 2015? I mean, it was 40 points <laughs> easy playing the Saints. Oh, it's going to be like 41-38 shootout. Them Rob Ryan <laughs> Allen starts coming in, they get the right personnel. It completely changed their identity. Now they're a run first team, play defense. And I think he does a good job of – he does a good job of personnel matching. He mixes up his coverages. They have Cam Jordan and good D-line to get front four pressure, play zone. I mean, Lattimore has helped them a lot. so. Yeah, it's not as easy as it sounds, but I do think, you know, if Joe Brady can come correct and he's familiar with this defense since he was there, he should be able to take advantage of some matchups. Let's get to some of these uh, fan comments before we wrap it up uh, for tonight. So AJ Allen, my semi-pro superstar right here. So AJ? Feel like we had the defense to hold them, the talent on our defense not in question. It's how our offense will play, and I mean the O-line and Sam Darnold. Our team is going to go far as our offense takes us. Now, we touched on this earlier. What do you think? What do you expect from Sam Darnold against this Saints defense? He's going to be under a lot of pressure. Is he going to have to make throws under pressure out of the pocket off schedule? What do you expect to see from him this week? <laughs> I think it's a ripple effect. Now, you could tell me and AJ talk a lot because what he just said is what I've been preaching all offseason. We'll go as far as the, as the offensive line and Darnold take us. It's like a, it's a ripple effect. Clearly, Sam Darnold has the talent to succeed, but he's only going to be good if he gets protection. So we just got to bank on his offensive line, you know, doing a better job than he did last week, to be honest with you. They had some bright moments, but we need them to get better every single week. If they can protect Sam Darnold, Sam Darnold will have a good day. I don't see Sam Darnold just having a bad day when he's clean. He showed you when he's clean, he makes the right throws, he gets the ball there, makes some beautiful throws that you mentioned earlier, the DJ Moore on the outside with the tiptoe. 
he's capable. You know, he's capable. I don't I don't look at a I don't see a team that we play this year. It's like, oh, Sam Darnold can't have success against them. It's not that. He's just gonna start well, start up front. They gotta protect that man. I don't think it's nothing to go too deep into. We just gotta protect our quarterback. Kev, you have anything to add to this comment? Um, not much really. I I just noticed that um, you know, when we we kept Sam, you know, clean the first couple of drives where he started feeling any type of pressure, I think that was good for his confidence. Overall, and, I, and Smooth, I agree with you. Overall, it's a team effort. I know you wasn't pleased, but for me, you know, I, I look at it as from a confidence level, this was a good game because, you know, from the fact that, you know, our starters didn't play much in the preseason, even with the reduced game. I mean, we're talking about a half. Uh, so I expected there to be some uh, mistakes, and there were on all three phases. Like, it's even as dominant as our defense was, uh, there definitely was some mistakes. Uh, personally, I think we should have had 10 sacks. Sunday, and that's not being an exaggeration. Like, like we was bringing heat from there to, here to there, and like with Jameis Winston, you know, we want to you know get him unnerved. We we got to put that type of pressure and and bring him down when we get the first set of hands on him. But, uh, but yeah, but as far as Sam Donald, I I think what would be important is that first drive or two, um, just so that he can you know get settled and feel comfortable. Is is that we just got to keep him as clean as as much as possible. And I think that the Saints are going to try to be like, man, this is the same Sam Donald as always. Let's, you know, let's, let's, let's light him up a little bit. You know, we, we, we not the Jets and, and you know, Sean Payton, you know, he, he has that arrogant side about him. So I, I definitely think that, um, I definitely think they're going to try to um, do some things to try to unrattle Sam Donald early and often and hope that, you know, is, you know, shakes his confidence and, you know, puts them at an advantage. Okay, let's move on to this next comment. Man, I want to see how that whole line handles that pass rush of the Saints. Jordan and Davenport are going to bring it differently than the Jets. Now, keep in mind, Davenport is on the injury report. He's questionable, so we'll see if he ends up playing. As far as the comment, we kind of touched on it. We kind of touched on Cam Jordan versus Taylor Moten earlier. What do you guys think of Marcus Davenport versus uh, Cam Irving on the opposite side if Davenport's going to play this week? Um, <clears throat> I got all the confidence in Cam, man. He showed me something in the preseason. He showed me that he wants to be here. He wants to do good. So he's playing one position. With him only playing one position, the only thing I ask for him is just to look for consistency and to get better every single week. I told you he had a couple lapses last week. We're not going to be able to have that this week. He's got to be consistent every single down. And try to be aggressive. That's why. I, that's one thing I do like about him. He is aggressive. So, you know, he got to look out for the violent hands that these premier rushes bring. He's got to use his technique, and he has to stay confident in his technique. That's the only way he's going to have any success. So, you know, it's a good edge group that we face him, but you know, we got to do the impossible sometimes. You know, they they brought him here for a reason. They signed him on the first day of free agency. Clearly, this coaching staff sees something in Cam that we haven't saw. That I'm beginning to see. So, you know, we're just going to go on a Sunday with confidence. I mean, let's hope we can dominate the trenches. Now, Kevin, when you think of a Marcus Davenport, we're talking about one of those long, athletic rushers, kind of wins, and not really got the greatest arsenal of moves, but just as length gives guys problems, 
you know, he's strong, great athlete. What are some ways you deal with uh, – what, uh, what are some ways Cam Jordan can deal with an edge rusher like Davenport this week? You mean Cam Irvin, right? Right. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, when you look at the type of injury that he's facing, I think that everything that you just mentioned um, is going to be negated. I know we've been mentioning he's injured, but I just looked it up. Uh, it seems to be a, um, a pectoral injury. Um, so, you know, with the pecs, you know, that's, that's, that's all that upper body. That's all that length, um, that you was mentioning and strength and things like that. So, uh, you know, depending on, you know, they're waiting on this MRI to come back as well, but, uh, you know, depending on, you know, how they choose to go about it or what the results say, uh, even if he plays as someone that's done had a pec injury, um, I think that favors, if he's going to be matched up against, uh, Cam Irvin, I think the, the advantage goes to Cam Irvin. Uh, because with Cam Irvin himself having length and having, you know, personally, I think he's a better athlete than um, Davenport. You know, smooth. You know, you're a Cam Irvin guy, so you can attest to that as, as far as um, you know, the athletic, you know, matchup between the two. But uh, I, I get the advantage um, to um, Cam Irvin on, on this matchup simply because even if he does play with the pec injury, that 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 takes some time to get that full range of motion, to get that extension that you need when you're trying to, you know, when you're trying to lock out the uh, the tackle to hold your position. Um, and I, I just see the advantage uh, being for Cam Irvin this week. And when you look behind him, um, Carl Granderson, um, if I'm not mistaken, I think that's the blonde head guy um, that they got. I'm not, can't, I don't see a picture of him, but I'm thinking that's, that's the one. I see him make some flash plays from time to time, but, oh, no, that's not him. Okay. All right, I was thinking about somebody else. He left in free agency. Oh, okay, okay. Hey, that dude is still 6'5", 260, so he's going to – he's has skills and size to have an advantage. Right. But, but um, um, just a quick – the comment quickly, uh, yeah, they brought Cam in because of his RAS. He's an outstanding athlete. So I've never had questions about him athletically. But I don't want to leave this up to just matchups, you know, Again, you got to scheme the right way. So I expect to see some running back help. I expect to see some double tight end sets where the tight ends are chipping and helping out on these edges. So it's got to be a, a team effort for us to have success against this edge, this edge duel that they do have. So definitely expect a better game from Ian, Ian Thomas in the run game. Um, he came up to be a little bit soft last week, so I think he wants to have a bounce back game. We're definitely going to see some tight end help, you know, help block these guys. Yeah, this is definitely a Tommy Trumbull game if I ever seen one. Um, you know, I don't know if you guys went back and checked out that last run by McCaffrey uh, to seal the first down to go to victory formation. But, you know, Tommy Trumbull got some people to hell up out the way on that play. And and I, and I think that, you know, when we uh, – I think we were sharing that clip in the uh, Foreman Rush chat earlier this morning, uh, earlier today, uh, how uh, – you know, number 47 for the Jets just pretty much just threw Ian Thomas out the way and made the tackle on on McCaffrey, even though McCaffrey was able to fall forward for about four yards. But uh, but still, I, I think with um, what we've seen Tommy Trumbull do and what his reputation is known for as a as a blocker, um, I could see him definitely getting uh, more reps to help out on the edge against a, a Davenport or, or Cam Jordan or whoever. Okay, we'll take uh, one more fan comment. See what is funny. <laughs> we signed a petition to get Pop Elfline out of the lineup before he gets 
<laughs> Darn old kill. Simple for me. I, my name is the first on the list. That's all I got to say about that. And I'm second. That is Pat F.U., not F-Line. F.U., because that's what he be doing to us. Now, you guys are O-Line guys. You got to get an answer to this. When you have a weakness at a tackle position, you can play two tight end sets. You can help them with chips. You can slide protections. How do you mask a bad guard? It's either if you, if you have a bad guard, you're getting interior pressure. A, lot, a running back can't really – I mean, McCaffrey did take on a defensive tackle after David got beat, but I don't want to see that anymore happen again. What are some ways you can mask a bad interior offensive line? A couple ways that I have. Um, you're facing a predominant 40 front this week coming up, so you want to shade your center to the, to the side where you need the most help. The problem with that is we had poor guard play on both sides last week. But that's typically one way that you can help blanket some of those deficiencies, slide the center over and get him get some help there. Another way I would do it is just uh, instead of having Elfling just head up on somebody every every down, use him to your advantage. Maybe you got to pull him a little bit more. Maybe you got to pull him and help him help out on the other side of the line. You pull him down, you, he has a clean block on the edge rusher. Like, just try to play to his strengths. That's how I would do it. Just lining him up every play against the guy in front of him, it's not going to work. And then you also, you know, you got you you a running back, Will. Sometimes you got to keep a keep a running back in for to max protect, and you slide that back over to where your weak spot is at. So those those are the ways that I see you help out poor guard play, um, get them in space, pull them, and also uh, in past situations you want to you want to shade your center over, and shade your RB over to help out. Yeah, one thing I think about is. Um... The block scheme uh, that I had mentioned earlier where, you know, on the offense line where you're getting double teams on both tackles and sliding up to the next level. So, and Smooth, you bringing out how a good combination blocker it seems to be between um, Cam um, Cam Irvlin and Pat Elflin. So, you know, when, whenever Elflin's got a three technique on his side, um, you know, double and, and, and um, either have him maintain on the guard or have him get off at the next level. Um, you know, so that's just from a schemes per perspective. And if that nose is shaded um, to the side of Paradise, where it's more, uh, more on Elfland's side at left guard, same thing. You know, have have Paradise and him double team him and, and, and get off to that next level. You know, something to just try to, you know, help get that original push and hoping that we can get up to the second level because all we need to do is just get, Christian McCaffrey two yards beyond the line of scrimmage. That's all we need. So if we can if we can get that push through the you know by double teaming defensive tackles, um here I, I I definitely think that that could be something that could like help mask up the guard uh, the bad guard play because you know trying to watch these guards block single handling one on one is not pretty. It's not fun to watch. Uh, I'm I'm just waiting to see what time the all twenty two come out. Um. Because I, I got to see it for myself. But just just from what I saw as a fan and uh, watching a little bit of the replay of the game, you know, um, earlier today, I just see it as, um, you know, that could be a way of uh, masking it is by uh, having double team blocks, particularly in the run game and, and you know, particularly like play action, you know, to, you know, get it to help um, mask that up some. I know uh, yesterday Smooth had mentioned something about, not having a run game identity, whether we're a zone or power team. 
to me, when you can't move guys off the ball, doesn't it help to give your linemen angles on their blocks, traps, whams, counters, you know, moving? Instead of having to just blow a guy right off the ball, let him get angles so he can you – know, he's not going to have to take a guy head on and, you know, get shoved back into the backfield like F-Line's been doing. You you agree or disagree with that? I agree 100%. That's why I said pull, pull a guy. Like, don't, don't have him straight up with somebody every play. Let him use his advantages. He's supposed to be athletic. I don't see it, but that's what they said. He was a wrestler, all-state wrestler. You know, he was to his advantage. I'm pull a little bit. I'm take his box on the angle. Um, to be brutally honest with you, that's what we, the, the whole thing is, you know, based on what I've said, what Kevin said, it's pretty simple. You just want to limit one on opportunities, man. You want to have him in the combo situation. You want to have him getting help. You just want to limit him being one-on-one with guys all day. That's Okay, so that wraps it up for the um, fan comment. So that's going to wrap up episode 100. Appreciate everybody for your support through all this time. Hard to believe we finally made it this far. You guys have any final comments before we sign off today? I just want to say keep pounding. Enjoy the W that we had, but just like that, we on to the Saints. Let's get some momentum going. Yeah, for me, you know, it's hate week. It's a divisional rival. Um, you know, there's no three teams that I despise more than anyone in our division. My hate for New Orleans, Atlanta, and Tampa is is uh, is extreme. Maybe a slight edge with the Saints because their fans are just super annoying, super edgy, you know, love doing ring checks or whatever the case may be. So, uh, so for me, I'm, I'm just looking forward to, uh, you know, putting an end to that, that winning streak that they got against us. I think we don't lost four straight. Uh, I think we're in a prime position to, uh, again, earn another W. Uh, it's not going to be easy, you know, toss records out the door when it's divisional play. Cause again, last year at new Orleans, we only lost by three. Uh, I think we're bringing a much better team, definitely a much better defense because, if I'm not mistaken, this was the game last year where uh, we didn't force the Saints to punt. The only time they didn't convert is when they took a knee <laughs> at the end of the game. That's the only time they didn't convert on third down against us um, um, last year. So, yeah, I, uh, yeah, I definitely want to. Um, I definitely want this hate week to be be something where we can really, really let these guys know that hey. That that bullshit y'all used to against us, them days is over. Yeah, man. Let's trying to looking up the stats. They've won the nine of the last eleven and we're on a four-game losing streak. So we definitely need to find a way to get in there and try to get a W this game. Think about our win against them. That was against week 17 against their backup. So we really haven't beat them in a meaningful game in a long time. So we need to go in there, play hard, play fast, get this W, send them back to Superdome with what clips say there. Ice bowl urinals standing in a circle. So, <laughs> yeah. You know, one thing I can say real quick, Will, if, if we get our fans to come and pack the damn stadium, I mean, I know it's first game. Uh, I know our fans are kind of fickle. They want to see what kind of team we are before they show up. But like I said, this is a divisional rival. Let's really make this a home field advantage. I don't want to hear that who that shit, you know what I'm saying, while I'm there. Uh, let's, you know, let, let's uh let's let's have some more fans in these seats than than what I saw this past week uh 
against the Jets. We won. Um, and a division rival coming in, I, I don't see no reason why we can't make this a a, a packed, sold-out house. So, you know, for everyone that has the ability to, to come to the game this week, let's pack the stands and make some noise. Let's get behind our team and let's let's push them. Um, let's push them on to two and zero. Okay. On that note, we'll sign off. So, everybody, thank for your support. Episode one hundred. We're out. <laughs> Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.